Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text Monica to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Wednesday. It is hump day. We're in the middle of the week. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Check me out on social media. On Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore and on Twitter and True Social at Monica Crowley. And also you can send me an email about the show. Let me know what you're thinking. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. All right. Now that Tony, I am the science Fauci is retiring in December. I want to do a deep dive into all of his outrageous corruption. So we're going to do that here on Friday with the intrepid investigative reporter, Natalie Winters of the National Pulse. She has basically been living with Fauci, not in a literal sense, God help her, but in a metaphorical sense, because she has been unearthing outrageous corruption and lies from this man as he has driven so many people into the ground and this country straight into the ground over the last actually couple of decades, but certainly since COVID over the last couple of years. So Natalie is going to join us here on Friday with all of it. It is going to be a must listen show. Today, we've got a big show because in a little bit, we're going to talk to the great Laura Ingram about a bunch of different things, including the latest on the Trump raid, the propaganda press, and the threat from China, which Laura Ingram was on top of long before anybody else. So Crowley and Ingram, right again, not to be missed. Plus, the Democrats double-cross one of their own. 
Who's the latest useful idiot for the left? I'm going to tell you, and we're going to talk about that, plus your emails. But first, the Monica memo. So today, the hair-sniffing dementia patient announced his latest neo-communist path to American destruction. This is the quote-unquote forgiveness of certain student loan debt. And I use the word forgiveness advisedly, and I want to talk about that here in a couple of minutes as well. But there's a lot to unwrap in all of this. So the White House announced today, and they they sent out uh, the hair-sniffing weirdo to make this announcement, that they are now going to quote-unquote forgive or quote-unquote cancel uh, $10,000 worth of student debt for some borrowers. Okay, so they're making this announcement. This is an obscene student loan scheme that is going to force the middle class, working class, and the poor to foot the bill for other people's college education. And it is economically disastrous, politically suicidal, and morally odious. And I want to unpack all three of those aspects, economically disastrous, politically suicidal, and morally odious. Let's take it apart, okay? So this move is likely illegal. There is nowhere in the Constitution that grants Joe Biden as president the authority to just go ahead with a stroke of a pen and cancel all of these student loans, Which, by the way, according to the Penn Wharton School of, this is at the University of Pennsylvania, Ivy League, not exactly right wing, that if they quote unquote cancel up to $10,000 worth of student debt per borrower, that it is going to cost you and me about $300 billion. If they go up to $50,000 per borrower, guess how much that's going to cost you and me? Almost a trillion dollars, $980 billion. Okay, so it's also, like I said, likely illegal. The president does not have the constitutional authority with a stroke of a pen to do this under executive order. This all has to come through Congress. This is definitely going to increase inflation. And it's going to force poor people to subsidize rich people. That's the morally odious part of it. Okay, so let's let's unpack some of this, okay? Biden is ordering, like the dictator that he is, or he's senile, but the dictators around him, Ron Klain, Susan Rice, and of course the Obamas controlling all of this, he is now ordering the subsidizing of Americans earning less than $150,000 or $300,000 for married couples filing jointly. These are households in the 96th percentile of income, also known as the most wealthy among us. This is obviously an election year scam. It's a vote buying scheme because their poll numbers are crap, including Joe Biden's, who his poll numbers have ticked up a little bit. You want to know why? Because nobody has seen him in a month. They wheel him out to make announcements like today, and then they put him back on quote-unquote vacation. Everything with this administration is a euphemism. So when they say vacation, it's Joe Biden sitting there in a rocking chair with a blanket over his uh, knees as he stares vacantly into space. They call that vacation. So his poll numbers have ticked up. They always do when they keep him out of the public eye, like they kept him in the basement during the campaign. 
but they're still incredibly low. And those low job approval ratings make him toxic on the campaign trail. Nobody wants to be seen with him going into November. Nobody. So they're thinking this might oots him a little bit and oots the party a little bit. But remember, Nancy Pelosi herself previously suggested that this kind of move by Biden would be illegal. Quote, the president can't do it. She said that's not even a discussion. She said that last year. Oh, have times have changed, right? Pelosi will conveniently forget her warning, and she's going to endorse this violation of the Constitution because this violation, the Constitution stipulates the power of the purse to Congress. They are the only ones who can do this. Joe Biden cannot do this. So if Nancy Pelosi had any stones, and she does in certain areas, but in this, no, she's going to back up Biden. And she's just going to give away her own authority as Speaker of the House and Congress's authority to do something like this. She's just going to wave it away to Joe Biden. I mean, how unconstitutional can you get? This has got to be litigated all the way to the Supreme Court. It has to. In January of 2021, right before the end of the Trump administration, the Department of Education under Trump issued a legal memo, which has since been removed from uh, the website by the Biden White House, of course. And it stated that the Secretary of Education, quote, does not have the statutory authority to cancel, compromise, discharge, or forgive on a blanket or mass basis principal balances of student loans and or to materially modify the repayment amounts or terms thereof, close quote. So the Trump administration determined this. Nancy Pelosi has said this. You can't just do this with a stroke of a pen. We are in a tyranny. This is what dictators, this is what despots do. Oh, I decree this. And then it's supposed to happen, right? This is where we are. On the economic side of this, government spent nearly $7 trillion last year alone. That's between the Fed printing money and pumping it down into the system and the government. Uh, the, the fiscal response from Joe Biden and the Democrats in Congress together, $7 trillion almost have been pumped down into the system, creating this devastating inflation that we're all suffering with with the $29 BLT I saw on a menu of just a, a random place a couple of weeks ago. I told you about that. The inflation is not, it, it has come down a little bit from the 9.1%, but it's still at 8.5%. And the reason it came down just slightly is because energy prices have come down. And the reason energy prices have come down is because of demand destruction. People, we, we cannot afford to fill up our tanks as often or to use energy in any form as often because those prices were so high. So it created demand destruction in the economy. We're using less, we're traveling less, we're using our cars less, we're flying less. And so obviously then the prices start to tick down when there is less demand. That's what's happening. It's not like all of a sudden inflation is coming down. Everybody's like, woo, inflation's getting under control. No, that's not what's happening. The Fed is raising interest rates and that's having a marginal effect and they're going to continue to do that. But I don't think inflation is, is stabilizing or coming down in any kind of significant way. It's not. And we all know that. 
And so Biden and the Democrats, their solution to this, it's to spend between $300 billion and a $1 trillion more. This student loan debacle is going to make inflation so much worse. If you think that $29 BLT is bad now, well, just wait in a couple of months or maybe in a month or so, it'll be $35 and I still won't buy it. And neither will you because we can't. So this is an economic catastrophe. Biden also ignores the fact that the government fueled the student loan debt balloon in the first place. For decades, college tuition, and Carrie Sheffield has got a great uh, piece on this at the Daily Signal. Um, She points out that for a very long time, college tuition has vastly outpaced inflation. But schools kept raising tuition because they know that the government is there. The government is, is hanging out, ready to dole out student loans. So, of course, universities and colleges are going to up the price because to them it's like free money. It's an inflation spiral, guys. And as Kerry Sheffield points out, who wins under this fake Biden magic wand? Well, according to the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, quote, nearly two-thirds of the benefit of canceling $50,000 in student debt per person would go to the top 40% of households. And over three-tenths would go to the top quintile. Less than 5% would go to the bottom quintile. So if you're poor, you're getting screwed. But if you're rich and you go to college, hey, no problem. We're going to get into the moral aspect of this in a second. There are Democrat uh, economists like Larry Summers, who was Bill Clinton's uh, Treasury Secretary, and Jason Furman, who was Obama's top economic advisor. They are both on the record telling Biden, do not do this. Biden, of course, blowing them all off. But they're all saying, and these are uh, Clinton and Obama economists who advised those presidents. They've come out and said, look, this kind of move on student loans is going to raise demand and increase inflation. If you're a, a, a student carrying this debt and the debt gets, quote unquote, wiped out, well, now you've got the equivalent of ten thousand extra dollars, and you're going to buy things. You're going to you're going to go into the economy, and everybody's like, "Oh, that's great! It's stimulus. Get the economy moving." Well, it's the the opposite side of that is in this inflationary environment. If you have more people spending more money on stuff, it's driving the prices up. This is what we mean about spiking inflation. Do you know that when Joe Biden came into office, the inflation rate was 1.4%. This was coming out of COVID when we had the boom of reopening. Inflation was 1.4%. Why? Because when we began to reopen in May of 2020, all of President Trump's pro-growth economic policies kicked back in. Tax cuts, regulatory relief, the fairer trade deals, the energy sector booming. They were all put on pause during the lockdowns. And then when we started opening up all of those policies, which didn't go anywhere, but they kicked back in with the economic activity. Well, Biden threw all of it into reverse. And so we went from 1.4% inflation in January of 21 to now 8.5%. And it's really, it's really a lot higher if you use the metrics that we used prior to 1990, okay, or 1980. 
it's a lot higher. And we all know it because we're living it. So that's the economic devastation of the move that he announced today. The politically suicidal move of this is that it is screwing the working class. It's screwing blue-collar workers. It's screwing the poor. All of the people that the Democrats for a long time have said, hey, we champion, we're here for you. Nonsense. They're constantly sticking it to those constituencies with inflation, rising prices, sky-high gas prices, and now this? They are now officially the party of the coastal elites. They are the party of the elite ruling class and no one else. And then they wonder why they're scratching their heads, why they're hemorrhaging Latino support, why they're hemorrhaging youth support. You know, this is a desperate attempt to get the youth vote back and mobilize for November. This is just a a vote buying scheme, but I don't think it's really going to work. Maybe on the margins a little bit, but overall, no, because the overall picture is terrible. This is political suicide for the Democrats. This is another nail in their coffin. And I know they control everything and we talk about it all this time on this show, but this move on student loan debt, I'm telling you, this pisses people off who are on the lower end of the income ladder. This infuriates. In fact, the the NAACP president came out today and said, oh, we're really, really mad because this doesn't go far enough, (laughs) right? They They want even more. And they're like, oh, this screws black kids a lot. Now they're coming at it from a different angle, but I'm telling you, this is a politically suicidal move for the Democrats, which as devastating as this is going to be to the economy and everything else, you know, if they want to pull this trigger, go with God, via con Dios. And then the moral aspect of this, let's deal with this. This is so odious and it makes me sick and it just enrages me. This plan, it's basically, it, it, it's a huge wealth transfer from the poor from the middle class, working class, and the poor to the rich, just like we have seen throughout COVID, which was a massive wealth transfer from all of us to all of them. And it's continuing now with Biden's announcement today to reallocate student loan payments. This is just a transfer of responsibility from one person who took out the loan to another person who didn't take out the loan who now has to repay it. So the person who did not take out the loan now is footing the bill for the person who took out the loan. Stop calling it cancellation or forgiveness. It is theft. This is a giant wealth transfer. It's not forgiveness. It's not cancellation, which all, again, euphemisms. This is stealing from from the poor to transfer to the rich. It's a reverse Robin Hood. So with all of this, and he's putting a, a, a continuing that pause on uh, debt payments until January. So with all of this, Biden is basically saying, screw the majority of Americans who don't have a four-year college degree. Screw responsible people who pay their debts, like you and me, and, and who didn't go deep into hawk for college, or who bus tables or, or waited tables or whatever we all did to get our way through college if we did that. Screw all of them. 
and screw everybody struggling under this huge burden of inflation. Screw all of you. We're going to do this giant wealth transfer to the wealthy. That's what they think of you. Back in 2020, Senator Pocahontas was asked by a voter if, since they did it the right way and worked their way through and saved for college and paid for all of it with their own money, if if something like this happened, if they were going to get reimbursed. Listen to this exchange. Uh, I just want to ask one question. My daughter's getting out of school. I saved all my money. She doesn't have any student loans. Am I going to get my money back? So you're going to pay for people who didn't save any money, and those of us that did the right thing get screwed. No, it's not even like that. Of course we did. My buddy had fun, bought a car, went on vacations. I saved my money. He made more than I did. But I worked a double shift, worked extra. My daughter's work sheet is 10. So you're laughing. Yeah, that's exactly what you're doing. We did the right thing, and we get screwed. I appreciate that. That's all right. So Elizabeth Warren right there says, well, of course not. You're, you're not going to get your money back. So you're going to pay for people who didn't save any money and those of us who did the right thing get screwed? Yep, exactly. This is what I mean about political suicide for them. This is so morally wrong. It is enraging. And by the way, what about military veterans who join the service to get their tuition paid for? Do they get a check as well? Or just the people too lazy to pay off their own loans, including certain members of the squad. No, just them. They don't care. These are neo-communists. They have their eyes on the bigger prize of the fundamental transformation of the nation, and it involves this giant wealth transfer and power and control. That's it. So everything they do is with that in mind. They don't care. They don't care. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk to the great Laura Ingram about this and so much more. So sit tight. Plus, a little bit later, the Democrats are screwing one of their own. As usual, I'm going to bring it to you. So sit tight. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, Eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy, and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier, too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me. 
and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Well, I am so happy today to welcome my longtime friend who has been a fierce warrior for freedom for as long as I've known her and really her entire life. You can see her every weeknight on Fox News as host of The Ingram Angle at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. She's also the host of The Laura Ingram Show, which is a fantastic podcast at quakemedia.com. So please go check that out, too. And Laura Ingram joins me now. Laura, my friend, welcome. Monica Crowley, I don't even want to say or reveal how long we've known each other because, you know, at, 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 you know what are we now, 32, 33 years exactly. old? I mean, exactly. We, we don't want to age ourselves. So <laughs> no, I, it is so fun. No, it's so fun to, um, to be on with you, but it's also so great to just have friends who've known you through kind of thick and thin through all of our crazy travails and, and, and political triumphs and Going back to, oh gosh, decades ago, and it's just so, it's so wonderful to talk to, and I love your podcast, so um, just happy to be here. Oh, thank you so much, Laura, and it's always a joy to be on your television show on Fox and your podcast for Quake Media as well. You've been so kind and generous to me over the years, and really, it, it is, we, we were three years old when we first connected. Laura and I had play dates talking about the Bill Clinton Great. impeachment, right? We had play dates over the Clinton impeachment process. I think that's Absolutely. where we first met That's and story I'm sticking to it yep, I'm it, sticking to that story I gotta tell you Laura it's just been such an honor and a joy to be in the foxhole with you throughout all of this and we've certainly had our political ups and downs together been in the wilderness during the yep. Obama years and then the the triumph of the Trump years and just to share that with you has been very special for me so I appreciate Absolutely. you all right so we've got I a lot guess. to get to uh, with you uh, let's start with President Biden uh, made this announcement today about the student loan forgiveness. And I refuse to wor- use the word forgiveness or cancellation because this is actually theft. It is a giant wealth transfer from the middle class, working class, and the poor to the wealthiest among us who go on to college and advanced degrees. This announcement is economically disastrous. I just did a whole monologue about it, but it's Mm -hmm. also morally reprehensible because it's screwing over the very people that the Democrats profess to champion, right? The lower income folks, minorities, and so on. It is completely screwing them over. Yeah. Leave it to the Biden folks to, to piss off everyone from the NAACP to you know, middle income people to, you know, obviously conservatives don't like this, but I don't know who he's really, you know, thinking he's appealing to because this $10,000 cancellation uh, applies to um, borrowers, I guess those earning, what is it, less than $125,000 a year. The, The NAACP's point, you know, and I don't agree with this, but it's a key constituency for the Democrats their point is that, you know, black Americans typically owe what, about $53,000 in debt, about average, it's about, I think, double on average what some of the white uh, students hold. So they end up owing overall 6% more than they initially borrowed and, and white borrowers owe 10% less than they originally borrowed. So for them, 
that it's just a it's like a, a drop in the bucket, right? That's a ten thousand dollars that doesn't really doesn't help them at all. So they want more yeah. loan forgiveness. That's what they want. They just want it all wiped away. So they're mad. And then middle income people aren't really helped because of the debt load that they carry. And the upper income people, you know, they don't, it doesn't affect them one way or another. So it's more of a, it's a, it's a gesture in redistributionism and semi-socialism where college is going to be free to everybody, which, you know, people can argue, argue that point separately. But again, it's, it's, it's a way of mucking with a system that should make a lot more sense from the get-go. I mean, the whole college experience today is fraught with so much uh, peril, economic peril for people, but intellectually, what kids are learning, what they're really getting out of it, whether they're skills that they're going to take into into the job market that is changing you know by the by the day. Uh, and now we're just going to say, oh, OK, we're going to we're going to wipe away ten thousand dollars worth of debt because we have a midterm election cycle coming up. And the numbers for for Democrats among 18 to 39 year olds or 29 year olds are just horrific. I mean, yeah. the, the survey, I think it just came out this week. It's it's an abysmal drop for the Democrats among mm-hmm. young people. Mm-hmm. So they're dissatisfied. So I think it was. It was really a gesture in that direction for the young voters, thinking he was going to just cynically buy off some of the young voters for this. I don't think it's going to work, though. I really don't, because they're looking at the long term, you know, what long term prospects they have in this type of job job market. And I don't I I don't sense a great deal of optimism from young people today. So I don't as much as Biden's talking about climate change and all these other things. I don't think it's translating into a, a sense of the best days are yet to come. You know, most people think now the best days of America are behind her. Well, that's not that's not good for the Democrats at all. And that's, right. this is just one more. This is just one more point in that regard. So yeah. I, I, I yeah. don't think it helps. I don't think it helps him at all in politically. And I don't think economically, as, as you already pointed out, economically, it's just another inflationary uh, push for the country in, in the wrong direction. Absolutely. I mean, if you think inflation is bad now, just wait between the, the last trillion dollar, you know, that riot of government spending and taxes where they promised Joe Manchin the moon and now they're pulling the rug out from under him, which is also really, uh, and in fact, I, I hope that they do. And I'm going to talk about that yeah. later uh, in the show today. But, you know, I, I do, I think that this student loan debacle is, it's economically catastrophic because it's just going to take Take this inflation and put it on steroids. It's politically suicidal because now it's just reinforcing the point that the Democrats are the, po- the the party of coastal elites and no more. And all of this talk about caring about the downtrodden and the blue collar folks, that is completely gone. But I also think, Laura, it's just so morally reprehensible that, you know, all the people who did the right thing, the majority of Americans who don't have a four-year college degree, they're getting completely screwed over. The people who did it the right way, saved their money, or busted their tail through college uh, to pay for it and have paid off their debts, they're getting the just the giant middle finger. And I don't think that this is going to redound to the Democrats' benefit. I really don't. It's such a transparent move, well, but it's such an odious well, one. Well, and it's also, it's it's... It's very likely um, 
it, it, I think it's likely to be ruled unconstitutional. I'm, I'm not sure if this is a legal move on the part of Biden to unilaterally, you know, through executive order, uh, wipe away government debt. I, yeah, I think that's very, I think that's very problematic. So if Congress wants to pass legislation uh, to implement this, then you've got to allocate money to do this. Uh, but I, I don't, I mean, I don't, that's not happening. There's no, there's no appetite for that. There's going to be litigation on this. And I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, right now I would say it's better than 50, 50, that this would be, you know, this would be deemed an illegal executive order. In that case, would the students who've had their loans, you know, forgiven, would they then have, to, would they be reinstated? Like, I, the president doesn't have this authority. I just, I just think this is a complete overreach, which really hasn't been discussed at all in this, in this, uh, in this conversation about whether it's right or not. I mean, how about whether it's legal? I, I mean, I just again, it, your point, Monica, when you said you know kids who pay it back, like I paid my loans back, you paid your loans back. Yeah, we we, we had to do that. It was part of. It, it's also part of the impetus to go into a line of work that actually makes a salary mm-hmm. instead of saying, well, I'm going to be a Roman, I'm going to be a, 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 a woman's studies major. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, what the hell are you going to do with that? Oh, oh, I might be a professor. I might lecture. I might have a social justice, you know, think tank or whatever. Okay. Well, you're going to make any money. Well, I don't know. Well, how are you going to pay your loan back? Well, I don't need to. Right. So how does that help? It, it seems like it gives people all the wrong incentives. Yeah, which is, I think, I think that's exactly part of the point, too, and part of the objective. But, you know, right before I brought you on, Laura, I did this long monologue about this. And you'll recall that last year, Nancy Pelosi said the president does not have the constitutional authority to do this. Only Congress, because they control the purse strings, only they can do it. Now, I'm sure she's going to conveniently forget that she said that and wave away Congress's authority and, and power uh, to allocate funds for this and just go along with whatever the White House is going to do. But the, the entire thing is just outrageous and disgusting. I want to switch gears with you, Laura, and talk about the threat posed by China and the CCP. I want everybody to recall that Laura Ingram was one of the first and only voices in the wilderness in the 1990s and 2000s warning about the growing economic threat from China, particularly with regard to our manufacturing base. Laura, you were out there, you were raising the alarm a long time ago, and many times you were out there swinging pretty much by yourself. What did you see at the time? And do you feel somewhat vindicated now that we've had President Trump, who ran and won largely on that platform about uh, outsourcing our jobs and bringing American jobs back to the United States, and he really took China on very aggressively, particularly economically with tariffs. How are you looking at the Chinese economic threat as well as the geopolitical one right now? I think, um, Monica, my own upbringing as the child of kind of blue-collar parents is what probably, you know, had me in this position where I was not, there weren't that many of us at the time, but that this idea of opening up our trade relationship to a country 
like China that was going to benefit, and we knew this at the time, um, benefit uh, from essentially slave labor. Uh, we, we thought it was at the time, but it was obviously confirmed that much of the labor that was going to make everything from textiles to uh, components, computer component parts, and then ultimately computers themselves, supercomputers, all, all the advanced technology that they would ultimately steal, which they were stealing in the 90s, um, in the in the early 2000s, uh, that, that, that that was just insane. Like it, that, that somehow it was our job to lift China out of poverty. No, it's China's job to lift China out of poverty. And we had all these people like Alan Greenspan and, of course, uh, Bill Clinton th- that ushered China into the WTO. And then uh, Bush uh, confirming permanent normal trade relations status with China, which allowed them special access to U.S. markets and so forth. I mean, they they lied to us. Either they either lied to us or they were completely naive. Now, Greenspan and Clinton are smart, very smart people. So uh, were they this naive that they thought that China was going to they were going to trade with us and then over, you know, a course of, you know, just, you know, relatively a few amount of, you know, three or four or five years, they were going to become, you know, open and more democratic and more pro-free speech and religious freedom. To me, that made no sense. I mean, it just, it made no sense from the beginning. And I knew that it was going to end up hurting our manufacturing in key industries that we need to maintain control of here in the United States. When I say control, I don't mean government control. I mean independence. We need independence from the vagaries of foreign markets on things like steel that we need for our military, on uh, computer uh, parts and sensitive uh, manufacturing, which we need for our, our, our survival and our national security, and also for our communities where we need a vibrant manufacturing base to mm-hmm. employ all these men and women who don't go to college and frankly don't need to go to college because they could always make a, a good, healthy living working in their communities in various manufacturing capacities. What, what, the idea of outsourcing that to countries that pay people 60 cents a, a, an hour or less, I, I never saw that. But the free traders were all... It, they were purists on that, thinking that that was going to be good for U.S. consumers. And, and that's all they thought about, U.S. consumers and how much U.S. companies could make by moving overseas. Well, we see what's happened uh, in our country. We see what's happened to all these communities from Akron to Rochester, New York, uh, all across our great land, uh, where we have hollowed out communities and people trying to work two jobs in fast food to support a family. It's it just, I mean, I think it's, it's, the jury is beyond out. We have seen that we've enriched China. They now have a larger standing army mm-hmm. than we have. Mm-hmm. They've stolen so much of our technology over the years and we're still making them rich. We, we educate 350,000 Chinese students every year in the United States. Uh, they're all approved in one way or another by the CCP. And somehow we find we find that that's okay. I, I find it completely outrageous. It really they, is they subsidizing our, our worst enemy. 
Yeah. And the whole relationship has changed over time. And you and I've talked about this on your podcast and your show about when I was working with President Nixon, who opened the door to China in the early 1970s, I worked with him during the last years of his life. And we often talked about it. I was actually with him on his last trip to China in 1993. Um, And, you know, there was this view that when he opened the door in 72, it was all geostrategic. It was meant to counterbalance growing Soviet power at the time. And then the relationship evolved over time. And there was this thinking, which Nixon bought into as well. I think if he were alive today, he'd have a completely different view of China and be on our side and be taking on China a lot more aggressively. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was this view that if we opened them economically to the world, that that would bring enormous pressure to bear on them to change their political system so that if a billion Chinese had economic choice, that they would clamor for political choice as well and liberalize their political system. And it just never happened. So Nixon was nothing if not adaptable, Laura. And I think he would be completely Mm -hmm. with us in terms of supporting President Trump and tariffs and so on to get the Chinese to the table, which, by the way, was a miraculous achievement by Trump. He gets no credit for this at all. It's just so hard to get two people to agree to where are we going out to dinner tonight? Donald Trump got multiple countries to the table to agree to better trade terms that were going to protect the American worker and the American taxpayer. It was extraordinary. Yeah. And think about the uh, Trump era tariffs, which Biden has maintained despite the, and this is again, a story that gets no attention whatsoever. Okay. They faced this big deadline just a few weeks ago, the Biden administration, um, on uh, if they wanted to drop some of Trump's tariffs, right, on key pieces of manu- machinery, air- aircraft uh, parts, computer parts, and so forth. Now, the, the, inside the Biden administration, there are two camps. You know, one camp sees the tariffs as giving us significant leverage against China, which is 100% correct. I'm glad we actually have a few people. And the USTR uh, is one of them. The U.S. trade rep uh, for Biden is actually one of the better people in the administration. So they could have let these tariffs lapse. They come in different tranches. That uh, They apply to different types of manufacturing. Um, and, they, and they allowed the deadline for reconsidering these tariffs uh, to lapse. That's a huge concession that Trump was right on the tariffs. Now, there are opportunities for them to revisit uh, tariffs, but right now, this four-year expiration date on some of these punitive tariffs, you know, China, China's guilty of, of violating all sorts of uh, anti-dumping and all sorts of other uh, rules in the, in the international trade sphere uh, that allows the United States to put these 25% levies on on lots of goods, $16 billion worth of goods um, that, that again, air, aircraft machinery parts, other manufacturing parts, and there are other lists that are of, of tariffs that also are applicable. But this is a significant uh, concession admission, I should say, that Trump was right on these tariffs. Thank God Trump put these tariffs in place. Yes. I don't know what would have left for manufacturing uh, in the United States if he didn't. So, Again, things things that don't get discussed in the media, obsessed with uh, with the other stories. But this is a big one, and and all the free traders, all the 
the libertarians, the Cato Institute, all the the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, they would be 100 percent fine with the uh, with the United States becoming merely a service industry economy where it was strip malls, fast food and everything was manufactured somewhere else. They would have, frankly, no problem with that. None. Yep. You're exactly right. And, you know, people forget there was a dynamic debate within the Trump administration about the tariffs. I mean, we had people like people we love and respect, like my boss, Stephen Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, Larry Kudlow, who were always free traders who push back on President Trump within the administration. And I'm glad they had that debate. But they were saying, hey, look, you know, you're going to provoke China. This is going to be economically disastrous for the American people. You shouldn't do it. You're going to take a lot of incoming. And to Trump, credit, he went ahead and did it anyway. And he did it and it brought the Chinese to the table. They negotiated that phase one deal, which has basically, uh, in a lot of ways, they're trying to skirt it because Joe Biden is completely compromised when it comes to the CCP. So they're running wild. But the fact that Trump got them to the table through force, through economic coercion, got them there, got their attention, and then got that deal through is remarkable. He did it with the Mexicans and the Canadians with uh, the USMCA deal. He did a separate deal with the Japanese, a separate deal with the South Koreans, and and was negotiating another one with the UK. I mean, he did a remarkable job in leveling, uh, or at least leveling the playing field. But Ambassador Lighthizer, who I know you're so close with, with, he was extraordinary. And uh, again, uh, the, the simplistic way that people think about this trade issue it's such a complicated issue but the number one thing that that the number one issue i think that's going to animate u.s politics for the next several years is whether america remains a free and independent country okay we are not really going to be free and independent vis-a-vis china or even india if we don't decide and as in a serious in a serious manner, we don't decide that our manufacturing base is worth defending and protecting and preserving. And protectionism, it, it, in my mind, gets, a, gets negative spin. We saw during COVID why it was important to protect medical supply chains. Yes. Why it's important to make medicines in the United States. We're begging, we're going hand, hat in hand begging Germany and it, 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 which was protecting its own supply of PPE. We're begging Germany for basic supplies, begging China, which is where it all began, for basic medicines. This is insane. And, and any Republican in 2024, whether it's Trump or someone else, this has got to be uh, the major, major dominating uh, uh, conversation, which is decoupling from China, bringing a, a key manufacturing back home, or at least to friendly countries, and ensuring that Americans are in control of their own destiny going forward and all these key uh, facets of society. We have to do that. Otherwise, we will not remain independent, period. Yes, End of story. Uh, 100%. And it also extends to energy 
and the energy sector as well. It's all interrelated. But the fact that we're going hat in hand to the Venezuelans and the Saudis and God knows who and an Iran nuclear deal, I guess we're on the precipice of that too, so that we can get Iranian energy on the world market. The entire thing is such a cluster, Laura. And so any Republican candidate, you're exactly right, needs to make this a centerpiece of their campaign as Trump did in 2016 and then really performed over four years. People forget Donald Trump brought back over a half a million manufacturing jobs to the United States after Barack Obama said, well, I don't have a magic wand, so I can't just push back globalism and make this happen. Well, Trump put in pro-growth economic policies and did these trade deals and actually did make it happen. So it wasn't a magic wand, but it was common sense and very difficult policies that Trump was able to get through. Right. And I, again, we're going to we're going to see these continuing threats to Taiwan. We have to see how China continues to exert its influence in places like the Solomon Islands and New Zealand mm-hmm. in Australia. They're moving very quickly to secure their own lines of supplies and their own bases of influence. They've done it throughout Africa already. They are putting enormous pressure on New Zealand, which seems very open to Chinese investment. They're doing it in the Bahamas. They're doing it in South America, in Mexico. And the United States is, as far as I can tell under Biden, very flat-footed on this. And Africa, too. They're all over Africa. It's a new form of colonialism coming from the Chinese. Absolutely. It's just unbelievable. And it's got economic consequences, geopolitical ones, military, political, cultural, the whole thing. And we're going to leave it here, Laura. I want to have you back to talk about the state of the Republican Party and the race and and the state of media. Uh, We'll bring you back for that. But uh, it's going to be a very interesting time, right? Uh, well, Monica, we have to realize that this, these Senate races, that so many of these GOP um, leadership types are, are kind of poo-pooing, you know, like, oh, we're not going to win the Senate back or it's 50-50 to win the Senate back. Yeah, I, I'm sick of people who are in elected office being pundits. They should all be leading the party to victory. The Democrats never shoot inside the tent. That That's all we seem to do when the, when the rubber you know, meets the road is 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 when we need to all stick together. And the candidates that we have are the ones who won, are out there in the arena now. We have to support them yes. and help them win. Yes. And I, I'm sick of the naysayers about who these candidates are. Suck it up, buttercup. Let's go to victory. Let's 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 finish off the Democrats and and let's take this country back. That's what we need to be talking about. America hangs in the balance and we don't have time to be tut tutting all of these little points here and there. I mean, let's keep our eye on the prize and the much bigger picture. I completely agree with you, Laura. So we'll bring you back to talk about all of this as we head into November. Okay. thank you so much for being here, Laura. All right. Enjoyed it, Monica. Thanks so much. You bet. Thank you. Laura Ingram, watch her every weeknight, 10 p.m. Eastern time. The Ingram Angle on Fox News. Also, the Laura Ingram Show, QuakeMedia.com. That's her podcast. Check that out as well. I'm Monica Crowley, coming right back. All right, guys, it's time now to talk about the gullible idiot from West Virginia. I refer, of course, to Senator Joe Manchin 
who actually believed his fellow Democrat communists when they promised him the moon in exchange for his vote on this uh, latest riot of spending and taxes. And no, I don't mean student debt. I mean the Inflation Reduction Act, which is actually the Inflation Explosion Act, also known as Another Nail in America's Coffin Act. So he believed them when they gave him a line of BS, like a classic fool. According to the Washington Times, Manchin just warned progressive Democrats this week against blocking measures to streamline the approval of new energy projects following his vote for the $740 billion spending package that include an array of tax and climate provisions. So again, they promised him the world, things that would help West Virginia, and of course they have no intention of following through. Manchin said, quote, I've got the hard left right now saying, hell no, we're not going to do anything now that makes it look like we're helping Manchin. I said, you know, you're not helping me. You're helping yourself if you want to get anything built in America. What an idiot he is. He really thinks that they actually want to improve America, that they want to build things here apart from windmills. No, they don't. They don't. Remember, in exchange for Manchin's support, The Democrats promised him a separate bill that would eliminate all this bureaucratic red tape that impedes or blocks or obstructs the approval of energy projects, especially in West Virginia. That was the sweetener that they gave him for his vote on this monstrosity. House Democrats now are arguing that because they were not part of the deal between Schumer and Manchin, that they are not obligated to support its terms. You got to love this. Uh, One of the squad, Rashida Tlaib, is quoted as saying, quote, we sure as hell don't owe Joe Manchin anything now. Democrats don't owe anybody anything in return for passing the bill, said Congressman Raul Gravalda of Arizona. So you've got two House Democrats now on the record saying, oh, hell no, we don't owe Manchin a thing. Manchin remained adamant that the terms he negotiated would be good for the country. That was his first mistake. And warned Republicans as well against opposing the measure, which could risk a government shutdown. So if they don't vote on this, if the House uh, libs vote it down, gone. And a government shutdown come September 30th if they can't get the spending part of this done. So Joe Manchin is like Charlie Brown perpetually falling for the promises of the Democrats' Lucy, who's always pulling the football away. What a fool. What a fool. And the idea that the country was in the hands of this fool with this uh, another trillion-dollar monstrosity, only he's pulling the rest of us down with him, all of us who didn't want this, who warned against this, and he's pulling the country down with him through his idiocy. You know what? I I hope that they pull the rug out from under him. I really do. I hope that they screw him royally. It's the only way he's going to learn. And maybe not even then. Idiot. All right. On the other side, we've got your emails. But first, guys, listen up because I want all of you to be healthy. To get myself healthier and in full fighting strength so I can do this podcast and take on the Democrat communists, I am taking Field of Greens every day. And you should too, because we need you at full fighting strength. 
Field of Greens is packed with a full spectrum of essential vegetables and fruits, plus science-backed herbs and prebiotics. This is what I need to stay healthy, and you do too. Field of Greens works fast, and it tastes delicious. You'll have more energy, you'll look and feel healthier, and it can even help you lose weight. So join me and take Field of Greens too. You're going to love it. To help you get started, I got you 15% off your very first order and another 10% off when you subscribe for recurring orders. So visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA to get your great discount and your first and recurring orders of Field of Greens. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code MONICA. Again, fieldofgreens.com, promo code MONICA. We'll be right back. Okay, guys, time now for the midweek email bag. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com is the email address if you want to drop me a note. Greg writes, I'm glad I found your podcast, Monica. You're not shy about speaking the truth, especially how Brandon is tanking the country on purpose. My question, what's your thoughts on the Project Veritas report with the woman from South Carolina calling for liberals to run as Republicans and infiltrate the party? Seems highly illegal. Thank you. Well, thank you for the very nice words, Greg. I'm glad that you are here with us and uh, enjoying the podcast so much. As to your question, it is not illegal for liberals to run as Republicans. As long as you meet the constitutional requirements, you can run for whatever you want, whenever you want, how you want. And if the left mobilizes imposters to run as Republicans, it's up to us and conservative media to expose them for the wolves in sheep's clothing that they are. But the bigger point here, and and I think this is the more important one, Greg, this is what the Democrat communists do. They are willing to do whatever it takes to seize and keep power. They are brutal and they are ruthless. Our side is not. Our side tends to be weak and not in the fight. Not everybody, of course, But for many, you know, it's just not the kind of fight that they want to be involved in. That's why we've got two things going. We've got the America First movement going, and we've got the new right developing where we are becoming a lot more fearless and taking the fight to the other side and standing up and being as as aggressive as they are, not with their violent and illegal tactics, but pushing back as strongly as we can. That's what the new right is all about. And that's why we need everybody to keep going with the full force of all of us working around the clock to stop these kinds of things and to use our imagination. I talk about it all this time on this podcast. We need to have the kind of imagination that the left has. They're using it to develop new and creative ways to destroy the country. We need to be coming up with new and creative ways to stop them, anticipate what they're going to do, stop them, and then new ways to save America. That's what America First and the New Right are all about. So thank you very much for the very nice email, Greg. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. If you want to send me a note, ask me a question, let me know what's on your mind. All right, that's going to do it for me here today on this Wednesday. When we come back on Friday, a big show with a very deep dive into Anthony Fauci's long history of corruption and lies 
particularly with regard to the COVID pandemic. So that is going to be a must-listen show. Natalie Winters will be here. Also, we'll probably get into the latest on the Trump raid as well and where we are on that. All right. Thanks so much for being here. Have a great rest of your week, and I will see you right back here on Friday. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.